We're not recording yet, but we can be recording. You ready to record? All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the next episode of the Chip of the Champ podcast. Scott Faribault and Josh Leitner, we are back uh, with a very special guest today. We are going to talk to Mr. A.J. Kelly. Um, if anybody that doesn't know A.J., A.J. is a fantastic runner. Locally, he is known in the running world as probably one of the top runners in this area. Um, he has some terrific accolades from marathons and you do some adventure racings, if I'm not mistaken, a lot of trail running. Done some trail running, yeah. 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 So yeah. we're going to deep dive into his program, uh, how he got started, what's next, um, some injury setbacks, and how you stay motivated and how the training goes. Um, before we get started with that, we have to back up here. Anything new with the gym coming up? So, I mean, we just talked last weekend about Gorilla Games. That was interesting. That was good. Yeah. yeah Gorilla Thanks Games for that post, by good. the way. That was, that, was, that, was, that was nice of you. I like how he included a video of me yelling at him, <laughs> which was great. Thanks for that. Uncoachable Josh, that's what yeah, he does. Uncoachable. He gets, yep. Just yells back. Um, Gorilla Games is good. I don't think we have anything in the near future, in the next few months coming up that, um, that I'm aware of. Nothing that we're hosting anyways. So just kind of... Friday nights. Getting just Friday nights. Yep. Every Friday nights at 7, every 7. Speaking of Friday nights, man, Friday nights sucked. Yeah, this was rough. That was not... That was... It was not good. We did um, seven miles or five miles. If you ran, it was five miles. If you were on a bike, it was seven miles. And every five minutes, you had to get off and do 50 push-ups, 50 air squats, and then back on that bike. But every five minutes, you were getting off of it. That sounds like a tough workout. <laughs> it, was pretty it, was, it was pretty brutal. Cardio-wise, it was... It was, uh, it was, that, was that was rough. Well, on the bike, like I did the bike, so we did, we did seven. Me and my wife split it. Um, I tried to stay in zone two or three, which was fine on the bike, but as soon as I did push-ups and air squats, I jacked up to like zone four. Okay. I'm thinking, I can't even keep, I can't even do push-ups without going to zone four. So I went into it thinking, and this is like a whole other podcast episode, but like just the difference of cardio choice, like your 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 choice of death on that one was rough. Yeah, you got to You know, if you'd have ran, if somebody would have had the nerve, nobody ran, uh-huh. which was questionable, but that might have been the easiest thing to do, truthfully. I, I, don't, I don't know. know. It was, yeah. it was hard. I mean, like, the people that were on the rowers, God bless your soul, because yeah, somebody needs to. It was, rower was the rower looked rough. How did your workout there, running? Yeah, I definitely he, would pick the he's running. Like, I it sounds like a tough workout, though. I would try something like that. Um, so, AJ, how did, we get, um, how did we get involved with running? How did you say, like, how old were you when you started, and, like, how did this take off for you? Uh, well, it, I, I didn't start in the, in the real traditional way. I mean, I did start in high school, but it wasn't in the traditional way where I you know, did cross country, was a distance runner and track from early on junior high up, up through high school. I, I actually played, played football in junior high and I was a sprinter in track and I, I mean, had a little bit of success with football in, in junior high and I did all right in the sprinting through like ninth and 10th grade, but I, I ended up getting a, a concussion in 10th in grade and I, I kind of quit football after that. And then I just, I just started running long distances on my own and I, just really enjoyed that and felt like that was, you know, that was more what I was suited to do. And I actually ended up doing a couple marathons my senior year. I, I never did, never did cross country in, in high school. I, looking back, I, I really wish I did, but, but I, but I never did. I, my senior year though, I did run, you know, at least an hour a day all through the summer. And I wanted, I wanted to do a marathon and see, see how I could do in yep. that. And then I did end up doing doing track as a distance runner my, my senior year and did pretty well in that. I really liked that. And then, you know, went on to run cross-country and track in college. So what was the first marathon you did? Uh, Harrisburg. Oh, it really? Was, yeah, I was 17 years old. It was November of 1999. Okay. 
and yeah, I ended up finishing second place, running running a two forty eight. So no it, was, it was definitely a good second start. Second place yeah. on the very first marathon. I just yeah. started running. And how old are you now? Yeah. 41. 41. Yeah. You look great, man. Thanks. Good. So Thanks. moving on from there, so you did the first marathon. You're like, wow, I came in second. I can, I can make a go of this. So yeah. what happened to that? What happened next? Like, what flipped that switch? Like, dude, I want to do this competitively. Oh, after that, I went up and did did Boston because I qualified. You know, I was excited, wanted wanted to do that. And, you know, was, my parents took me up and made a weekend of it. And... And then I, I also did track in, you know, in, in my senior year of high school. And then I wanted to do it, wanted to do it in college. So the marathon career kind of was on halt until until after college. Yep. But you know, running in running in college, cross country and track, for you know the next, you know, ended up being five years. So, so you've run pretty much every day since you were seventeen. Basically. Pretty much, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, day off here and there. But how yeah. does your How does a running? So, if you look at, I know it changes as you get older because yeah. you know, as we get older, we change our, our workouts. Right. When you first started this, what did a week like in the day in life of training for you when you were seventeen to let's say thirty? What did that look like? What yeah. was your training at that point? Uh, well, when I, when I first started at, at seventeen, I really didn't even didn't even use you, you know know my mileage or anything or you, you know use a GPS watch yeah I just went out and ran right. you know an hour some days an hour and a half other days and then when I wanted to do a marathon you know build up to like two hours and and stuff like that and then you know of course running in, in college you're going to be on more of a program with mm-hmm. speed workouts and long runs and gearing around races and peak races and everything like that yeah. uh, when I got out of college and then you know really really got into into running and made a run at the Olympic trials I was I was running up up to about 100 miles a week really? so I was doing you know sometimes you know two two 20 mile runs per week and I mean every day I was doing at least you know 10 to 12 wow. you know pretty pretty fast paces too yeah. did you so did you ever get into like um, looking into zones like you try to say a zone two race or or like run for zone two for so long do a zone three day do a zone four day or like a light, heavy, medium day. Never, as far as the zones, like heart rate, never, never did before until just a couple years ago when I when I got got a Garmin watch, yeah. and now now I use that all the time. So you you base your training off of like where you want to be at for that day, how hard. Yeah, that definitely. Did yeah. you notice a big difference, like like when you started tracking it? You're like, wow, I didn't realize I was running. I know me personally. Yeah. Like I start running, I think I'm running at a zone two or zone three pace. I look down at my zone four because yeah. I can stay in a higher heart rate, I guess. Yeah. Or my zone, my heart rates are my heart rate zones are off. But if you, did you notice there was a big um, training shift in that? Yeah, I did. I did notice it. I'm that it does make a big difference. I think uh, you know sometimes you you think you're going easy, but you're you're actually not, right. and that's hurting you in the wrong long run. I mean, if you just slow the pace down a little bit, you're letting you're letting your body recover. You're but you're still building that aerobic base, and that that's just going to make you a better runner overall. I mean, I've noticed in the last few years, I I feel better than I ever did. I feel like my my times are even improving since I've turned forty, and I think a lot of that does have to do with you know more of that heart rate running and staying in more of a recovery zone for you know three or four days a week. Yeah. Understand your body a little bit better. Yeah, um, I know the big thing the last few years I've come to light um, is nasal breathing only aerobic. So okay. you kind of only breathe through your nose when you train. And it's a way, it's basically a, a way to pump the brakes on your system because if you go too hard, you can't breathe through your nose. Um, have you ever tried that? Have you ever tried to do uh, just a nasal breathing only type of workout? No, no, I never actually okay. actually have. Uh, I, you know, breathing-wise, I always just kind of feel 
you know, it just kind of comes natural. I never really, really think about it. Yeah. So you've, I've, I've watched you run here for the last few years. Um, and I actually learned through you because of DJ Maligan, right? So, you know, yeah, oh, you ran yeah, yeah, we ran Brothers, back right? With Todd? Um, Mike would have been, Mike would have been a year, year older than me in school. Okay. And then DJ, I believe was, was two years younger than me. So what a, so I knew them both in school. Yeah. yeah so he was a great runner. He still runs to this yeah. day, but I know some of the races we've been to. In fact, you and I did the one race, um, he does, you do all the Holiday Burg YMCA races, correct? You do all yeah, of them. Yeah. yeah it's, always, it's always a pleasure to watch a run, but you hosted one here at Lakemont that I ran in yeah, a couple yeah. months ago. And like, even the way you, you're, able to tra- you're able to transition from running to actually organizing the race was pretty neat. Like, you're very into it, and the motivation you bring into it is something else. Oh, so thanks. what is your next, I guess, what's your next goal? Like, when you're done running, if there is such a thing as done running, are yeah. you going to try to organize more runs? Are you going to try to... Um, Sponsor things like what? What goes on now? Uh, possibly. Haven't really thought too much about that. I mean, right. I just just turned forty last year and entered the the masters category. So I'm trying to do the best I can in that for the next for the next few years and yeah. and, and keep running at a high level as long as as long as possible. But yeah, I, I did enjoy you know directing that race, and there's definitely you know room for room for growth with that, and you know. Things like that. So yeah, it's definitely a possibility. So what race was that specifically? It was the first responders memorial race, and uh, we uh, Appalachian okay. Running Company, where, where where I work, they we put it on and we donated the proceeds. We do it. It's it's always a weekend of nine eleven, and we donate to a different group of first responders. The first year we did AMED, and this year we did uh, uh, Department of Emergency Services. Nice, it's a good race. It's out late one. So I'm curious now. So what you said that your mile times are decreasing. So what like what's an average mile time for you? Because I, I know what my mile times are. So I'm just curious versus well, the average gosh. guy. Oh, it's it's a, I mean training racing. I mean that's as far as a, an all out one single mile. I actually did do the um, the Liberty Mile in Pittsburgh this past summer, and I was in the kind of the, the seated masters division. I ended up getting fifth overall and ran a four forty eight. So that, that was my best mile in a while. I was pretty excited good. about that. Wow. Four forty eight? That's really yeah. good. Yeah. That's moving <laughs> yeah, so along. So it but I mean as far as mile pace, it it as far as racing, you know, the longer the race, it's gonna be a little slower. Like five five Ks I try to run around, you know, five fifteen to five twenty, ten Ks in that five twenty five, five thirty, half marathons, five forty ish marathons running around five 55. Is that wow. you're running? 555. So you start running sub 60 for a marathon. Yeah. 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 555, two, two, uh, 235, and that's usually my goal in each 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 marathon. So yeah. it's. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> How many marathons have you done so far? 32. 32 marathons. Yeah. Just awesome. to put that into perspective, so like Scott, what's 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 your mile time? Now? Yeah. And seven and a half if I'm on a good day. I mean, you got to remember, like, so when we started, mine was like fifteen something. I'm down to like twelve thirty now. Yeah. But that's insane. It's very, it's very that's fast. fast. That's moving. Well, what's the world record for a mile right now? Oh, it's probably three, three, four. Something wow. broke yeah. the four minute yeah. mile. Great. Something just recently, a couple years yeah. ago, broke the four minute mile. They said it was impossible. Never, never could be done. The guy broke it. So, yeah. like, to put that into perspective, like. Mile an hour. What, what do you, what do you, what, what, I mean, like, I, I remember going when I was a kid to, like, the Carnegie Science Center, and they had, like, yeah. those, the cheetah that would, like, run along, and you would, like, try to keep up with the cheetah or the professional runner. Yeah. Like, what's a, what's an average mile an hour? Uh, 
a four minute mile is going to be fifteen miles an hour. A five minute mile is going to be going to be twelve. Wow! Wow! That's moving. It's, it's moving. That's crazy. Yeah, you sustain that for sixteen hundred meters if you're doing. You know, that's so fields. I'm dumb. Um, I know we haven't really met, so I don't know a lot of the things that Scott does, and the average person that's listening may not as well. So, what is a marathon? Like, what's the length of that? Twenty six point two. They're all they're, miles. they're all the same. Yeah, twenty six point two miles. Okay. Yeah. That's all right. It's pretty good. Now, the fastest marathon right now. Who ran that? That was um, uh, El- Elliot Kipchoge. He 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 did go under two hours in in more of a a stage race. It wasn't an official marathon. They had like pacers, and they had a lead car kind of shining a laser on the ground so he could follow the yeah. closest distance between two points. As, as far as, an, he does have the oh, record. Oh, they use a laser on that. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, and, and he also has the uh, world record for the, the actual marathon in a race. I believe it's 201.09 now he's got it down wow. to. Which so is what's a normal? Absolutely incredible. I don't really, so what the laser thing is different than what's a normal setup? Yeah. Just a course? Oh, yeah, just a, just a regular race. Yeah, that was kind of a, Project, I think, I think Nike did just. Well, to, they were just using the laser for his pace, right? Yeah, like they, they, his pace that he had to hit that laser. Okay. Every so often, like it was like a strobe light, right? It was like a strobe, right. and every time it yeah. hit, his point had to be hitting it. So, so it kept yeah. him on a pace. That way, he didn't okay. have to try to pace it himself. Yeah. He had a, a, you know, they used, you know, modern technology for him to set pace and, and set the timing that way. Yeah. Right. Wow. Which is. Yeah. It's come a long way as far as a like, training goes. Now, is that cheating? It, it, it depends. I mean, if you're looking for ultimate performance, I guess I'm okay with that because you know you were just using something to help you. But I think I feel like that's fair. We're starting to get into like Rocky Four yeah, territory. Yeah, it gets there. a little it gets a little complicated there. Um, wow. So, yeah. trail run, do you do much of that too? Are you getting into yeah, that? Yeah, I do. I do a little bit of it. Yeah, uh, I do. I do a lot of the local ones around here. My favorite's the the Dirty Kiln over yeah. at over at uh, Canoe Creek and. I like that one because there's not a whole lot of rocks. It almost feels like a like a faster cross country course. There's some pretty big climbs to it, but overall you can still maintain pretty good speed. When they get too too rocky, too technical, it's I don't know. I I still like them because they're they're tough, they're fun, they're competitive, see, but it's ones. it's not my <laughs> it's not my best. Yeah. I didn't see you do sweat for the best, did you? Uh, no, I was actually at a, a, uh, a work conference this year. I couldn't, I couldn't make it, but I was supposed to do the uh, e- EQT ten miler in Pittsburgh that same day. Okay. So, so I'll see when the when the dates are and everything this year. I'm hoping to do sweat for bets. Yeah, I think or, I'd like to see you there. It was yeah. fun. So we did it. Um, again, I'm not a very fast runner, but it's one of those ones where if you get some momentum going up the side of that mountain, you're good. But as soon as you get behind traffic and you stop, it's hard to regain that momentum. I mean, you're looking straight up. Yeah. But you said about rocks coming down that back half, you're jumping boulders the size of this table. I mean, you filled yeah, it. Yeah. yeah like well, when, when he came down, actually, he had yeah. that on a straight line. Yeah, I, was in a, I was actually in a straight path with nothing there. My legs were so tired. I just I tried to pick them up. Yeah. My big feet were clumsy. And they yeah. got two fake kips, and they got tired, and I just fell down. Yeah, you so, did the 10K, right? That was a 10K. Yeah, the 10K. And then I did a 5K. Yeah, it was... Yeah. That was that was interesting. Yeah, so back with a whole different attitude. I was like, oh boy, Scott, this looks rough. That was that looked not pleasant. <laughs> that was that was a rough run. I enjoy the tire runs. I like those challenges. Like like we had John Castle on here a couple weeks ago. We're talking about doing some optional course racing, which okay. I kind of like that kind of. I don't know why. I just enjoy, like you said. You just kind of everybody enjoys their own thing. You like yeah. the roads. I like the trails. And yeah, I don't think I have to worry. When you're on a trail, I can slow down a little bit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't have that overall speed anymore, but I okay. have that. I like that. You have the consistency. It's a consistency, right? I can I think endurance to go. I just don't have that speed endurance anymore. I just have like if I can slow down and have a little bit of and I think guess my mind. When you're on a road, my mind you know, your mind is a fix on one thing. You have to and we're gonna get into that as your mental toughness on this, but on a road, 
you look up and you see miles of asphalt, you're just like, son of a bitch, like, how am I going to get through this? Like, you're on a trail, you're kind of looking down, looking at your next foot, making sure you're not going to be in a mud puddle, sliding on a rock. So, like, your concentration is different on a trail than it is for a road. You're more right here, right now, instead of focusing on, I can see what's in the distance and coming. Yeah, yeah. You, have to, you definitely have to watch your, your footing because it's one one slip you can be on, you're done. on your and face I, before you I went trail running one time with, yeah. with the, the group from here at Canoe Creek, and for me, that was, like, the first time of really ever doing trail running, and I can say that, like, just doing that, you definitely spend more time looking at what's happening right here this second, you know, than really thinking about, okay, well, I, can, I know how much farther I have to go. That's completely out of your mind because yeah. all you're worried about is, okay, I need to secure my footing every time. Yeah. So it definitely makes a huge difference. It makes a huge difference. And transitioning between that and, and road racing, and that's that's a lot. It's huge. So um, before we get your metal, the metal part of how you train, um, again, we talked about off-air about how physically you've changed. Like, you put some muscle mass on here in the last few years. What has what changed in your training? Uh, I've been been lifting some more weights. I mean, I, I try to do some some type of strength training every, every day. I mean, whether even if it's just... Uh, more body weight stuff, push-ups, pull-ups, and you know a lot of you know planks and core stuff like that, and and I I do like to you know get into get into some dumbbells, you know, yeah. f- fairly heavy, just kind of. I mean, I'm not really, you know, doing real heavy like you know bench press or squats or deadlifts or anything like that, but but yeah, I like to like like to lift every day. Good. Have you have you noticed that made a um, difference as far as um, running fast or less pain? Maybe like the joints are. Seem a little yeah, bit stronger. I think I, I've really been injury free since I got more into into lifting, and I think that's definitely helped. And yeah, I just overall feel feel better. You know, I feel you know maybe a little faster. You know, because it's you're activating a little more of the the fast twitch muscles. Right. And that's I like how you said like you don't have to go super heavy, but just heavy enough to stimulate the muscle, but not enough where you're gonna hurt the joints because you being a runner, right. you want to make sure the joints are fresh. Yeah. Um, now. If you do like a strength training day, do you also run that same day? Do you run every day, or do you have like days you take off from running and only lift yeah. weights? Oh, I I do. I mean, nothing wrong with a day off every now and then, but I yeah, yeah I don't want to take too many days off. I mean, if you take it's only seven days in a, in a week. If you take a day off a week, I mean, that's over time. That's fourteen percent less less mileage overall. So I <laughs> I mean I mean maybe every every three or four weeks I'll take a day off. You know, sometimes the body can use it, but but overall I do like to get out there seven days a week. It's, um, so you and we said about some, certain days are a little bit like you're like an active recovery run. What day would you say yeah. is it like active recovery? Uh, and how long would you go on that run? I always do a long run on on Sunday. Uh, how long kind of depends on how how far out the next next marathon is. I mean, I'll you know start them at you know after after I f- usually only do about two marathons a year, spring and a fall, yeah. and then you know take a few days to a week off and you know start the training all over again. And you know the w- first week I'll just do a long run of maybe ten miles and just build a mile or two here and there each each week until I get to about three weeks before the the full marathon and I'll do like a 21, 22 mile run and taper down from there. So, so the long run's always going to be on, always going to be on Sunday. So like right now, this morning I did 16 because I have Pittsburgh coming up in May and Monday and Tuesday, I'll, I'll usually just run for about, about an hour and I'll try to stay in that, you know, zone, zone two heart rate. Yep, yep. Usually I'll get in about eight miles. I'll just, you know, usually right at that seven thirty pace is a good, easy recovery day for me. So what does zone two look like for you? Zone two, um, usually, you know, heart heart rate in the in the one twenties, and usually it's, 
you know, usually going to be about a about a, about a seven thirty mile somewhere around wow. there. Have you ever had your VO two max test? So like, are you going off your true? Are you going by about your watch your watch matrix? Or you did you ever have like a VO two max test done to see where you're truly at? Never had a yeah true test done or anything. Yeah, yeah just so you're going on the on the perimeter yeah. of the watch. Yeah. So I bet you with you, I, we, me and Ange, um, the girl that owns this gym. Yeah. We just had a conversation about that the other day because I, I personally don't think. A lot of these watches are based off of metrics, like 220 minus your range. Right. That gives you max heart rate. The more conditioned you are, the better aerobic base you have. Yeah. That significantly changes. So the best way to do it is do a VO2 max test. And there's a couple mm-hmm. of different ways you can do it. Um, basically, go 20 minutes as hard as you can. There's okay. a couple. There's one called the Cooper test where you take 20 minutes and you go as far as you possibly humanly can go in 20 minutes. Okay. You take your blood. You take your um, take your pulse after that, and your pulse minus your resting heart rate. Um, and there's, I forget the equations, pulse, heart rate is divided by a certain number, but you'll find this, this number, this VO2 max. And then that breaks down into finding what your max heart rate would truly be. So it's a good way to see where you're really at. So if you're in zone two, zone three, or zone four. So I know, cause at at one point I'm like, there's no way I'm in zone five. Cause I like, I was running and I'm like, I could do this all day long. And technically you're in zone five. You can't, it's five, six minutes before you burn out. And I'm running, I'm running, I'm like. There's no way I'm zone five. And we were talking, and I think, like, I need a VO2 max test for, to reset my watch as well because I'm yeah. running off of the 220 minus my age. Yeah. And it's just yeah. not working for I've me. I've noticed that, too, with the with the watches sometimes. I think the last last marathon I did, it said I was in zone five for over two hours, yeah. which I know wouldn't be guaranteed. Yeah, and I, mean, I think it, it bases yeah. a lot off of what you can actually do. You know, the watch is set up to be for the general public, not necessarily somebody maybe that's, that's trying to be as specific right. with the training as yeah. maybe you two are or I am. You know, and I think that it's just a very broad, unique tool for that, but I don't think that it's as accurate as... Well, I found out when I went in to reset my parameters, so because when you do, like, running or biking, mm-hmm. it'll actually do a VO2 max read, and it suggested what my max heart rate would be. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was actually 190, and it had me originally at 174. Okay. So when I changed that, it changed every all my readings now. So I'm, back, I'm, I'm closer to where I should be. So you guys are both operating Garmin's, right? No, I actually have a Samsung. You're a Samsung, you have a Garmin. Samsung, like, so I have an, yeah. an, an Apple Watch. Okay. And mine will, if you run for a, if you run at least a mile or 20 minutes, either way, it'll readjust your VO2 max based, yes. upon, based upon your mile time or, or whatever you know, its self-run VO2 max test is. But it's just interesting to see, like, I mean, everybody runs different things, and we all try to utilize them. And I, I, I don't think that they're as specific as everybody would hope that they are. Garmin's pretty good. Is it Garmin? Yeah, you have the Forerunner? Yeah, Forerunner 245. Yeah, that Forerunner is pretty, pretty accurate. Does now, it? if you really want to go accurate, get a heartbeat monitor, strap on your chest. I think I've seen you run with one, right? No, I've never seen one with those. No. The last no. race, I could have swore I saw somebody with one of them on. That gives you a pretty good accurate okay. you know, account of how your heart's really working. But the Garmin Forerunners, I mean, that is a running watch. That is what they're made for. They're pretty, of all of them, that's probably one of the better ones you're going to have. Um, I'm techie. I kind of like the tech stuff. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. It it's very yeah. interesting. So, w- with your strength training that you're doing now, is, are you doing any kind of specific strength training splits? Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Usually, um, I'll do, you know, I'll do a day where I'm just doing just doing pull ups. So, you know, throw on a, a 20 pound vest, and you know, I'll do pull ups, chin ups, and the the side pull ups, and I'll do like six sets of each. Uh, another day where I'll kind of do the same routine with 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 push-ups different variations like regular push-ups incline decline diamond uh I'll, I'll do a day where i'm you know doing doing shoulders with with dumbbells you know uh shoulder presses stuff like that a day where i'll do 
uh, back and biceps like rows and some yep. curls and you know same thing with you know chest when you uh, f- you know flies uh, dumbbell press um, you know some tricep stuff too. Just doing a little research for today, I noticed through some of the pictures from that you have posted of you at various runs yeah, up until jacked. currently. You, you look jacked. fantastic. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, you, it's definitely working. So how about diet, nutrition-wise? Um, I'm pretty strict with my diet. Yeah, I'm, I know a lot of runners, they, they just kind of say, I'm, I'm, I'm running, I'm That's burning why I off. Run. I can eat. Yeah, yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm pretty specific with it. But I, I haven't been until until maybe eight years ago when, when I actually had my first major injury and wasn't sure I'd be able to run at the level I did. I thought, you know, at least stay in shape, change, change, change my body somehow. So uh, I'd say it's more of a more more of a, a weightlifter's diet, but more carbs incorporated, just just for the fuel. But I'm um, pretty strict as far as uh, you know, not eating uh, like added sugar, processed flour, I mean, stuff like that. Quality. Yeah, a lot of quality. You know, yeah. um, you know, lean lean, lean meats, um, um, a lot of you know whole grain carbs, legumes, uh, fruits, vegetables, uh, a lot of healthy fats too, a lot of avocados and, and seeds and you know, stuff like that. So normal, so if we go like, let's take a normal day like today, um, breakfast would be consistent yeah. of what? Uh, I, I, I make a shake every day after, after protein my... Shake? Or well, like it's it, it's kind of a smoothie. It has has a bunch of stuff in it. I do uh, I, I do a, a scoop of protein, some BCAAs, some chia seeds. Uh, I do a, a scoop of frozen berries with the strawberries, blueberries, raspberries. Yep. Uh, I do a cup of um, old fashioned oats. Oh yeah. Uh, a whole avocado, uh, about a handful of spinach. Uh, usually, I go through a bag of spinach in about three days. <laughs> yeah. 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 Banana, so yeah. I mean, you add it all up, it's about about, about a thousand calories. But you know, it definitely refuels me, and I know everything's clean and healthy. It keeps keep, kind of keeps me full for a while yeah. too. Um, well, you yeah. definitely need that after. So you do your yes. running in the morning. Yeah, yeah. First always thing. first thing in the morning. Wake up, you know, a cup of coffee and a banana, and and go. That's you know what what, what I've been doing for about twenty years now. Just coffee and a banana. So it's you know just good enough fuel to get you through. Yeah, and back yeah. refuel. Yeah, um, and then lunch. You you eat lunch. Normal lunch. lunch. Yeah, yeah. Usually a lighter lighter lunch because I'm on kind of on the move with yep. with work. Usually a lot of uh, usually like hard boiled eggs or you know Greek yogurts, uh, cottage cheese, a lot of apples, oranges, you know pears, whatever other you know fruit I pick up. Pretty awesome. But uh, and dinners, whatever like other lean meat. Yeah, yeah. Meat less, less carbs at night. Yeah, yeah. I guess I usually, carbs aren't that big of a deal because of how much you're working out. Because you're burning yeah. everything. You're good. Yeah, carbs I can, Yeah, I mean, I, I keep them pretty clean. As, you know, I, I do a lot of, like, quinoa, brown rice, stuff like yeah. that. But but I do, I probably do eat a pretty good bit of them. But, yeah, a lot of, like, uh, tuna steak, salmon, you know, lean you know, lean red meat, chicken breast, that kind of stuff. So do you track, like, macros or calories or anything like that? Uh, you just make sure I get it, at least... Um, at least 150 grams of protein a day, you know, some sometimes more. Uh, How much do you weigh? Uh, about 145. That's yeah. perfect. I that's that's spot right on, yeah. Right yeah. Good. Uh, yeah, I don't really track macro. I, I imagine I probably eat somewhere around 3,000 calories a day. That's what that's, I was going to guess. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, yeah. And this is where I like to talk. I'm glad you brought that up, nutrition. It's everything. Um, people that think they can outrun their bad diet, it's not going to happen. It will catch up to you. The inflammation will catch up to you. You'll have sleeping issues. You're going to have, you know, just metabolic issues. The diet has to be clean because you're you're asking high output, and it's like putting it's like putting dirty fuel into a race car. 
it'll it'll do it for a little while, but eventually it's going to kick back on you, and that car's not going to run very well. So yeah. that clean definitely. fuel is definitely um, it's definitely part of our, part of the key behind your success. So keep that up. Nice work. Well, thanks. So mentally, um, switching gears here a little bit. Some of these races, I know, a marathon mentally draining. Halfway through it, you're tired, you're sore, you're thirsty. What gets yeah. you through? How do you push past that that wall you hit? And you're like, man, this is tough. Yeah, marathons are definitely the toughest because there's no there's no easy no easy marathon. You know, you know, toward the end of every one, it's it's gonna start hurting. So you you just really have to really get to a point where you just have to take it one mile at a time because once once you start to lose that that focus, then it can really spiral. I mean, in, in shorter races, if you're not having a having a good day and you start you, you start not hitting your splits, you know, you're only losing you know couple seconds a mile here and there and your overall time doesn't look that bad but in a marathon if you know if you start you know slowing down by you know 10 15 seconds and it's only mile 18 or 19 the next next mile you might you know be 30 seconds slow and the next mile might be a minute slow and before you know it you could be completely out of contention yeah you could be like walk jogging by the end of it and your time could be 15 20 minutes slower than you anticipated and then then it's just all that training was Almost feels like for nothing because yeah. marathons aren't something you're just going to go and do every week. You know, you, it's going to take a while till you're yeah. going to do another one. So you really just have to kind of keep keep that mental focus. I mean, the first half of the race, you just have to kind of worry about staying in a comfortable zone. You know, running hard and strong, but at the same time, to where you always feel like you still have something left. And then when you start to hurt, you just really just kind of take it one mile at a time and just say this this is what I trained for so it's just so what's the first thing to hurt what's what's the first thing that you can I think everybody's notice? different but yeah uh, yeah yeah everybody's different it's uh, lower back and hips and sometimes time. it's you know different in each in each race I mean it used to always be the um in in a marathon it would always be the below the the calf kind of more the the like soleus muscle on yeah. the back of the leg but since uh, since the invention of the carbon plated shoes, not not so much. I think that really helps with that. Yeah. So now it's yeah, I mean, lower back and hips, like you were saying, that is kind of where, where I tend to feel at first. You just start to kind of tighten up in, in, in those areas. But hamstrings definitely. So back into so you said about shoes. Um, yeah. I'm not familiar with the carbon plated shoes. I'm not sure. Oh, uh, they're. Um, They've they've been out a few a few years now. Pretty much every big shoe company has one. They're you know they have the real real thick stack heights. I mean they're um, usually close to about forty millimeters. I think is the the legal limit you can okay. wear in a race. So they're usually going to be pretty close to that. So they got a lot of foam cushion, but the carbon fiber plate you really can't bend the shoe at all. So you're going to get a lot of spring. It's not something you wear. So they wear, wear every day training. The Solomon Trail Runners they would have that carbon yeah. fiber in them. Uh no, that one no. that one wouldn't. No. Okay. They're they're usually usually in the you know, two hundred to two hundred and fifty range. Oh, okay. and, and each no, brand usually only has like one. What well, um so if I'm looking for a pair of shoes like that, what brand would you suggest? I know uh, I don't know if you can suggest brands, but yeah, personally I, I like Hoka. Okay. Yeah, I really like the. Uh, so I don't like the Hoka normal. Like I had a pair of work shoes that had the big ones. Do they make yes. one that aren't so rocky? In the Hoka's. 
They they've got a few, yeah, yeah. yeah like the, the the mocks a little more a little more lower profile, and okay. it's a good good shoe to, to run or work out. In. So since we're kind of changed directions again, back to some different a different topic. I like this topic. This is an inter- we, we're both we're both kind of shoe guys when it yeah, comes to. My wife down hears this. She's probably gonna murder you because I'm buying yeah. her shoe. She might have my ass. So <laughs> I'm curious when it comes yeah. to. So I'm I'm not a runner. I'm not I'm not really that that guy. Um, I'm not really sure what I am at this point, but I'm something. And like my running shoes, um, before I actually went went to, to that location, um, were Pegasus. So like I was a big fan of Pegasus. It seemed like okay. that was always what, what felt good to me, but it always felt so narrow. You know, and you see things and you read things on like Instagram or social media where they talk about like the, the toe box being open and you being able to actually like spread your toes out. Yeah. Um, how much of a difference do you think that really makes? Uh, I, th- I think it does. <laughs> I mean, as far as uh, for I- injury prevention, uh, Allowing those toes to spread out, uh, especially a little bit of a rocker sole. I think it takes a lot of stress off the off the joints as well. So I I, I definitely like where the you know, running shoe market's kind of going in the last few years sure. with the with the wider toe boxes, the extra cushion. So yeah, you, you look at like just like look how the human body was made. Like those toes are supporting, right? So yeah, if, you, if I crunch my toes in, not only when I'm running, I'm not really having a whole lot of like the balance issue is going to be part of the problem. But the other problem is you're taking all that impact and something's supposed to be spread out over your foot for absorption isn't really there. Now you're making everything absorb in one spot. So right, moving that right. toe box is really, really beneficial, especially like something like me. My toes are already formed because, you know, as a military, my, my toes are pretty much okay. already collapsed. But a younger generation, so good for them. Their feet could be a lot healthier. They'll be able to yeah, kind of last a lot longer in the running community or wherever they decide to go. And even, even as far as... Um, like weightlifting shoes, you know, like Olympic lifting shoes, or even just just your lifters. It seems yeah. like they're um, like Squat University, somebody that I know we've talked about on the podcast before. But like they've come out with a line. They work with another company to create a line that's got a little bit more of an open toe box, you know, and that kind of stuff. I'm just just curious for somebody that I know studies this kind of yeah. thing specifically. You know, the benefits of that, and and like Scott said, I think that for the younger generation that have never worn something that's so constricting, yes. I think it's got to be a huge. Yeah, definitely. For balance, especially. Yeah. I tell you what, I really like to hear so far. Um, you know, we're jumping all over the place, but back to your strength training. Um, if I can get one message out today to any runner that's out there, is strength training is very crucial to any runner. It, it is. I know a lot of runners who that's all they do is run every day, and eventually, as you get older, you'll find out that without the muscle, like especially these guys that are eating enough for their 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 running level. They become catabolic, so all that muscle. That's why you have like skinny fat runners. You'll see they have like not a whole lot of muscle tone. They kind of look sloppy because their output is so high and their intake is so low that all they do is eat muscle away. So not only is nutrition super important, number one, but number two, you got to have that strength training to keep those muscles fresh. Upper body development, you want to think helps it in running, but metabolism wise, it is like muscle is most is that the largest metabolic system we have, right? So the more muscle you carry, the better your metabolism is going to work. You'll be able to, like, move more efficiently and burn energy efficiently. So if you're out there and you're, you're a runner and you don't think strength training is important, it absolutely is essential. You can attest to it. It is. Definitely. You don't have to go crazy. I'm not telling you you have to do one rep max and build like a bodybuilder, but you have to keep the muscles fresh and, and progressive overload and keeping them healthy, and that will carry over into your, to your running lifestyle. Yeah. Um, I don't have anything you want to add on that, like, how that has changed you if like I know you said it made you a little bit faster um, anything else you've noticed with the strength training aspect of it uh, just the just the overall better 
you know, feeling of just wellness. I feel more, more recovered, uh, stronger. I mean, stronger in, in running too, not just, you know, everyday life. Which is, it's so good because, you know, this is a fitness podcast, bringing a gym. Um, there's carryover. Uh, and again, you can't just do one thing. If, if you're going to lift weights, you should be running it, but they kind of go, one complements the other. If you're going to run, you should lift weights. If you lift weights, it'll help you run better. Um, don't be just one side. Everything is, is so important in the human body that there's different energy systems and be able to work them all and, and get the muscles to move correctly and protect the joints and tendon strength. And there's so much to it. So very, very commendable how you're doing stuff. You're very, very knowledgeable and between your diet, your way you train, uh, your mental toughness, man, it's very, very impressive. Thanks. Um, we did have a question that we got sent into us sure. from um, Donnie Rhodes, if you don't mind getting into it. Go go Let me pull it up. So um, Donnie's a member here at the gym. He's uh, he's one of our stud athletes we have. He just actually did the games last week, and he said he's a good friend of yours. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to read you the whole thing. Okay. So he basically says, uh, what AJ has done and continues to do is a testament to the work he puts in. Knowing him that he dealt with an injury later in his career and came back to perform at a high level, he's curious of how he stayed motivated and positive while he was down and unable to perform at such a high level. Through the pathway to thankful recovery and back to the level um, is accustomed to performing. I'm sure there was the obvious physical burden, but likely a significant mental interruption with such a change in his lifestyle. Um, he says, you are a great dude, not a, not a snobby elitist runner that only runs fast courses that he can win. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Donnie, I'm putting you out there. Um, he said, he, if you're available, you'll support any race. Um, when he does, it means a lot to the organization to put things on. He, you're always gracious, always um, a thankful athlete, no arrogance, and you're very, very class act. So thank you, Donnie, for submitting this question. Absolutely. We will get it answered. Um, Thank, thanks to you, Donnie, for the, for the compliments. Yeah, as well. great man. He might so, not be able to fit out of the room now. His head's a little bit bigger. Thanks, Donnie. But that is where, uh, that's what he wanted to know is kind of on this. So if you don't mind guiding us through what happened to your injury, how old you sure. were, yeah. um, and how you kind of bounced back from that. Okay. I, I'd say it, it started when I was 20, 26. It was uh, shortly after I, I came really close to making it to the Olympic trials in, in the marathon. I believe the qualifying time back then was 222 and I ran a 222.44 wow. and, and then wow. <laughs> and, and then uh, but but shortly after that I ended up tearing a uh, labrum in my in my hip joint and it, it took a while to diagnose thought for a while I had a strain strain growing uh, I was trying to train through it but I really couldn't so I when we finally figured it out what it, what it was I Ended up getting surgery to repair that, and it was a it was a pretty quick fix. I was back to running in a few months, and I ran really well with no issues for probably seven seven eight years. And then, right around the time I was 30, 32, 33, uh, would have been the end of twenty fourteen. I was doing a, a lot of marathons at the time. I you know I mentioned I, I only like to do about two a year. Now I was probably doing more like six or seven a year. I was wow. trying to do. You know more more it's like every other month. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know. What I, looking looking back, I don't know what I was what I was thinking. I'm, I mean, I mean, I, I like racing a lot. I do race about yeah. thirty times a year. But you know, I, but marathons. I like to just do the two full ones and then and then do like a lot of shorter races, right. train training. But um, but yeah. Anyway, back back to back to the injury. Yeah, yeah. So so the hip was the hip was really started to bother me again out of out of nowhere, and it, it got to a point where I couldn't keep running. So I thought for sure I just had a, a torn labrum again. I just thought, thought you know, same hip, same thing. Uh, the 
didn't, you know, I went, went, went over to University Orthopedic right next door here, uh, and it, it didn't show that on the MRI, so, but, but, but I did eventually get surgery, and they thought maybe they would find a labral tear once they, once they went in, or maybe they would, maybe it was just a deficient labrum from the first surgery that they would have to kind of harvest a piece of the IT band and build, rebuild a labrum, but what, what they actually found when went in for the surgery was that it was a osteochondral defect. It was more the articular cartilage on the on the head of the femur. So I woke up with the having had microfracture surgery done and that, that's a process where they, they poke, you know, a bunch, bunch of little holes in the bone and you, you the marrow of your bone kinda bleeds out stem cells re, to regenerate some cartilage. So I was, you know, non weight bearing for you know about about two months and wow. you know then wow. I had to go through a lot of physical therapy, just start out with, you know, walking for a couple months. And then it got to a point where I was, you know, just jogging one lap around the track. And so I, it, it had me out for about a, about a full year till I was back, back to where I was. But it, what just kind of kept me focused on that, I just, um, just kind of listened to what the doctor said, because I knew that, you know, the more I listened, the better chance I'd have at making a full, a full comeback. And I just kind of stayed stayed on track, just one one day at a time. Just the next phase, yeah. you know, getting running on a track, running, you know, from every other day to every day, and then finally being released to go out to the roads. And it was, it, it was a humbling experience. But and, and and that's actually when when I decided to kind of change change my diet, get more into strength training, and right. you know, so overall, it, you know, made it it was for the better, made made me a better runner, better better person, and. It, ironically, a couple of years later, I started having issues in the other hip, oh. and I thought, I thought you know, it could be could be the labral tear, could be the cartilage defect on that one. Uh, th- this time, it ended up being, it, it was more of like a stress fracture in the femoral neck, so that that was pretty frustrating too. I didn't have to have surgery, but I the setback. But it was a setback just just as long. Yeah. I mean, I had to be on on the crutches and. For, for about a month or so, and then I really had to build the mileage back slow and almost lost pretty close to a, a year then, too. So they, that would have been 2015 and 20, 2017. So I've been injury-free since 20, 2018. haven't done any... Uh, I, in 2018, I didn't do any any full marathons. I kind of... That's kind of when I got a little, little more into trail running, did a lot, lot more local races, right. and... And then by 2019, I think I was kind of back to my back to myself, running the same times and you know getting back into the into the marathons and everything. Yeah, that's out. Um, setbacks. It can be good. They can be bad. I mean, it's frustrating, but at the same time, you can study more, kind of learn a little bit from it. I know when I was down and out, I just I put my nose to the grindstone and tried to learn everything I could about yeah. just not just the rehab for that, but everything I can about fitness because you kind of want to get it's, back into it. So yeah, you get build your mind up. Did you have both your your hips replaced at yeah, the same I, time? I, no, I had a year apart. So. Okay. Um, Long story short, and nothing, nothing about me. I was hit by a car when I was a kid. Okay. Messed my right leg up. Um, okay. My one leg was shorter than the other. Yeah. Didn't realize how short it was. Um, 20 years of military kind of beat my hips apart. Okay. So I had one done. They had to wait for all that to heal a year later. They had to readjust my pelvic bone and put Ooh. my other one in. So they had to straighten my body out. So I have what's called developmental scoliosis. That's why my back hurts when I run. So my yeah. back... My back, my spine grew according to my crooked hips, but now that my yeah. hips are straight, I still have the crooked spine, so it's kind of like a constant fight. Okay. So I understand the pain of hips, man. It's, um, yeah. it's a pain in the ass. Yeah. Oh, it's a pain in the ass, dude. It kind of goes over. Oh. But when you have that groin pain, that's when you know you, you have a true hip problem. So yeah. like I always tell people, if you feel stuff on the outside, 
of your hips. And this is what a doctor told me. Nine times out of ten, it's your glutes or your lower back. If yeah. you feel pain in your groin, you have a labrum or, or some kind of yeah, um, deformity or something's going on with your hips. So, but you'll feel that more in your groin than you will the outside. Outside, yeah, that's always where. Yeah, that's always where I felt it was in the groin, and I'm, I'll still get get soreness there. But if if I can stretch it out, I think it you know is really just hip flexors and. So speaking of could be stretching out, do you do a lot of warm up prior to running, or do you just kind of get up and go? Uh, just uh, on everyday training, just just get up and go. Yeah, yeah. Kind of start the you start the first half mile, quarter mile, nice and easy, and then just kind of pick the pace up and then yeah, you flow. Yeah, definitely yeah. build into it. I actually uh, walk walk my son to school in my running clothes, and then he goes into the building, and, and then I, I just go. Yeah, so I guess I'm getting a little bit of a walk, warm up there. As, okay. as far as a race, I'll warm up for usually three miles at an easy pace. Um, stretch and mobility work. You do anything in that aspect? I've uh, never been really, really flexible. I've been, I've been working on that. I bought, bought some stretch bands, and I try to try to do those every night, and it's it's making a difference because I did notice some, you know, tight lower back just in the last last few months. I think I've been having some SI SI joint issues, but with the uh, with the stretch bands, it's really made a difference. Yeah. And, that's pretty awesome. So you you're, you said you're how old again now? Forty one. So you're forty one now, and you you're better now probably than you ever were, right? Uh, I would wouldn't say ever. Yeah, I ran ran some pretty fast times back in my early early twenties, which I mean, unfortunately, I probably never will again. But but I, I think I'm better than than I was for at least the last like ten years or so. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. That's, I honestly think that the, the more that we talk to people and the more that um, I learn, because I'm kind of like blank slate and I really don't know anything about anything, um, the more that I'm learning from people, it seems like everybody's like, oh, you know, like like my your 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 pinnacle years or the years that you're kind of at your best or, you know, like, oh, when I was like 30, it seems like that's becoming later and later and later, you know, for a lot of people yeah. and like yourself, you know, your physical changes and the things that you're doing, it's definitely making a huge difference. You know, and I think that the more that people realize that, you know, not to be so specific in what it is that they're doing, if you're going to be doing something that's just running, you know, oh, I'm not going to pick up any weights, I don't want to gain too much mass, and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be heavier, and like, okay, well, that, to a point, I can understand, but to your point, too, I mean, look how much better you're feeling, look how much how much better you're moving. And with that being said, anybody out there that believes that strength training, you're going to get bulky, that's, that's a myth, um, it's the way you train. Yeah. Um, getting bulky, you actually have to... <laughs> You're concentrating to get bulky. I mean, we'll take me for this. I've been lifting forever trying to get bulky, and I can't. Like, it's the way you train, um, and you really have to put a severe dedication into getting bulky, and air quotes, how you want to look at it. But um, when we say building muscle, we're not talking about looking like a bodybuilder. We're talking about functional muscle that works for everyday life. That's what the muscle we're trying to create. I'm not caring about walking around looking like Schwarzenegger, but if you want to be if you want to go to the peak of your performance, that muscle development in an athletic functional form is it's paramount. It really is. Yeah, definitely. So, so I definitely have a question about the Olympic trials stuff. So you okay. you you brushed over that like twice, and I'm I'm oh. just curious. So what were you what were you trying out for? What was that like? Oh, uh, was well, I was, I was trying to make it in the in the marathon. Um, it was uh, would would have been o o seven. So I guess it would have been the o eight Olympics. And yeah, I, I fell. Fell forty four seconds short, so that's you know Man, a little less than two seconds wow. a mile. So it was so close. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. I tried a couple more times. Um, and what was that? What was that event for for the mile? Or no, the, it was the the marathon. marathon. Yeah, oh, I did that, that down marathon, in, in Tampa. Yeah. Okay. So I did. I I did a couple more races that that year. I went to Minnesota and Chicago and kind of ran into 
you know, really hot days, uh, unseasonably warm. So it just wasn't going, going, going well for me those days. And then after that's when I had that first hip injury. And then that after that, my, my life kind of changed, you know, got married, had, had my, had my first son. And, um, from, from that point, I never really got down to those, those type of times. The best marathon since has been two, 32, which, which I'm, which I'm pretty happy with. Yeah. You know, I'm still consistently running under, under 240 and, you know, you know. I'll What's a winning time good. for a marathon? It depends on the marathon. I mean, you, you know, you, the, the bigger ones like, you know, New York, Boston, Chicago, you, you can see times any, anywhere as fast as two, yeah, 210 or, you know, even, even all the way down to, you know, 201 we talked about earlier being the world record. But, um, some of the, you know, mid, mid-sized ones that, that that I like to do usually, um, you, you know, you usually can win it in like high high two twenty, low two thirty, or fin- at least finish in the top three, you know, by running under under two forty. They're usually the ones I I try to do that might might have you know a little little bit of prize money, just make it a little more a little more incentive. And yeah. you know, there was a um, who was the guy a few years ago? He was all over the news. I think he was from South Africa. Um, I think he did that almost barefoot. Didn't he do a? He did one of the marathons barefoot, or on like minimalist shoes. Oh, okay. I don't he know if was, I heard oh, the story. I can't think of his yeah. name. Oh, but he he was all over the news. He ran this thing, and he's from like Kenya or somewhere. He was somewhere where he ran every day with no shoes, and he basically okay. did this thing in like minimalist shoes, and he's wow. like sprinting the whole thing. It wow. was pretty <laughs> impressive. I'm like, I don't know how yeah. he did that. But again, the testament to that that foot, how strong those feet have to be to be able to maintain something like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, with no shoes, that's a whole different game. Like, yeah, that's, that's like <laughs> definitely that's, immediate calluses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's just yes. so uh, interesting. That sounds like his name. Wasn't that the same type of story with what was that like the Jim Thorpe type story, where um, he was going somewhere to he was in a different country I think to run and race and then like his shoes got stolen the running shoes that he would have used during the Olympics oh, I believe got I don't stolen. Think I ever heard that story? I'll yeah, have to look so that up. If you, have, if you look like, that up, yeah. it's actually really neat. And he um. He ended up finding like two different pairs of shoes that were like one one of each shoe in trash cans at, at the at the Olympics, and he wore oh, wow. two different shoes and one. Like, oh wow! You know, like it just it it's yeah. just. Oh, you're talking about that shamble uh, Belkala. He was from Ethiopia. It was 1964. That's I just it just pulled up. It? Yeah, basically he he won back to back Olympic marathons. Um, he was the first Ethiopian Olympic gold medalist, winning his um, first gold medal in the 1960 Summer Olympics. And in Rome, out running barefoot, and then in the 1964 Tokyo Olympics, when he got those shoes like given to him, but they were like they didn't fit. Wow. So yeah, crazy what we can do. So what's next for you? What's what's our next big event? Uh, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh in May. I'm doing That's the okay. doing the the marathon. I did the half marathon last year, and I actually surprised myself for my my best half marathon in about ten years. I ran a 113, finished. 30th overall, third in the Masters division. So this year I'm going to do the marathon and try to try to win the Masters division. What's the age group for Masters? 40, 40 and up. 40 and yeah. up. Yeah. Okay. Um, so this is going to be a weird question, but I'm going somewhere with this. Do you wear headphones or not when you work out? Are you no, a music person? never. never so, yeah. There's a research behind this right now about people that work out with and without music. And they're basically saying music is like a, a performance enhancer. It helps okay. like, motivate you. It releases dopamine and stuff in your head. And they're saying to train, to train without music it would actually make you better when you have music, but that's the new research now is saying if you really want to, oh, if you want to go to the next level, is to turn the user off and be self-motivating, have that, int- that, that instinctive, in, what is that called, instinctive motivation to 
to work out. So there's the yeah. research behind that now that serotonin and dopamine levels are affected by the music you listen to. Oh, okay. So like you, are you allowed to wear, like are people allowed to wear headphones during a marathon? Uh, they they usually say say not to. I don't yeah. know if it's an official rule, but they, they it's definitely frowned upon. And that's what I heard. And that's why people, they said, you know, when I'm running on my own, I do so good, but I do these marathons. I have no headphones. I do lousy. And that's what they're telling people is there's a reason for that. So learn if you're going to do an event that you're not allowed to have music, then don't train, train without music it. Yeah. Because you're it can used actually to that dopamine, slow you yeah. down. Interesting. Yeah. So I pulled the, I pulled up the, uh, the, the Jim Thorpe story, and I'll read you the, the little bit of a quote real quick. So Jim Thorpe grew up <laughs> with, with adversity. As a Native American in the early 1900s, he faced racial prejudice and difficult upbringing. So he became an uh, Olympic athlete but he was, when he was an orphan. Like, this guy's had a rough go of things. Somebody stole his shoes right before he was set to compete in the Olympics, it was probably not a big deal for him. He put on two other shoes that someone had tossed in a trash can. They were different sizes, though, so he even had to wear extra socks on one foot to even them out. He went on to win two gold medals, but that only touches the surface of what he did in those games. He won the gold in the pentathlon, winning four of the five events. One of the events he, that he didn't win was the javelin. Um, he had never competed in that event before, ever, until he went to the Olympics. So, yeah, I think that yeah. people's mindsets need to be that, right? Yeah. It really doesn't matter. Whatever it is, I just got to go for it. Yeah. And when you're talking about, like, not having music, you know, people go to these places, like, whenever they're doing things, and maybe you may have to do that, too. You know, when you get halfway through and you're like, okay, I know I put in all this time. I know if I don't do this, I'm never going to be able to live with myself. It's going to drive me crazy if I can't just finish, right? You know, that those dark places or wherever it is that people go for that motivation, sometimes music just isn't enough you know sometimes you need that place or that thought in your head that hey i don't deserve to win this maybe i maybe i maybe i reward for that some people it's positivity you know i know i put in all the time this is me i think that's pretty impressive i like music because it covers up all my creaks and cracks and everything's breaking as i'm running so listen i know you have a family to get to um, i appreciate your time today um can people follow you on do you, do you keep your running um kind of career on your Facebook page? Are they allowed to find you on Facebook to kind of keep up with you? Oh, sure, yeah. So you're under yeah. Aaron J. Kelly, Aaron correct? J. Kelly, yeah. Are you on Instagram as well? Just uh, Facebook? No, just Facebook right now. Yeah. All right. Um, When's the next run? He just uh, made Pittsburgh, right? Pit, well, Pittsburgh's the next big one. I'm um, doing I'm doing a half marathon in Chambersburg, March March 18th. I'm going to kind of use that as a... You know, a little bit of a tune-up for Pittsburgh, yeah. and you know, go go for that, go for that too. It's we expect to see especially for the vets this year too. I hope you're there. Yeah, you yeah definitely. Okay, I'll be we'll be around to some of the races around here, so I'm sure I'll bump into you out there, and I mean, I'm okay. to keep up with you. It'll be fun. Oh, yeah. It'll be fun to keep you in my sights at least. Try. Yeah. Price I'm just trying to stay yeah. out of last place. But yeah, I'll be at all the Y races this spring and yeah. uh, d- Dirty Kiln in, in April. Were you at Twilight? Yeah. How'd you do at Twilight? Yeah, I was uh, fourth, of course. Well, I, I didn't win the five. I did win the two mile. I did both races, but I only got fourth in the in the five k. A couple of St. Francis cross country kids. Yeah, <laughs> it's competitive. Yeah. Do you know Edmiston from here? Do you know um, Jordy and Ben Edmiston from here? Yeah, I know Jordy. Yeah. 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 Did you ever run with him? He's a hell of a runner, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah. Good. And then his son Ben. Ben Fogel. Uh, ben oh. Fogel. I'm sorry. Ben oh, Fogel. okay. So, yeah. yeah. He's yeah. very, very good runner. So he okay. actually won. First and Swift. he went first, especially the vets. I think he won first. Yeah, I think I did see. I that. think they were yeah. one and two, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they were. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, but there's, I mean, Jordy's how old? Jordy's. Oh yeah, he he's got to be in his fifties. Yeah, fifties, I think. Yeah. And he's he's, he's a stud. And he still runs at a very high level. 
Um, and yeah. nothing. And Andrew, our endorse coach here, he's another great runner. So oh, if you ever okay. look at him, he's he's a great runner. Andrew, so. what's his last name? Um, what is Andrew's? Uh, Wendell. Wendell. Oh yeah, yeah. I want yeah, to say yeah. White's so it's Wendell. Yeah. Uh, he's another great runner. So, yeah. but yeah, I, um, hopefully we see you out there in some of these races this year. Yeah, we'll definitely. Yeah. And if you ever have a Friday night at seven o'clock, we do like a. Uh, Workout in here, it's pretty fun. Kind of functional fitness. Yeah, it's like functional fitness. Nothing uh, super we've been heavy. Doing, we've been doing a nice little series, and this might be a shameless plug to that that we're doing. Like, uh, we're doing some kind of themed events recently. Oh, okay. We're doing a lot we're of what's called Hero Wads. So there's like 13, uh, more than that. There's for everybody's given their life in the service of the country, whether they be law enforcement, military, mm-hmm. um, any kind of EMS, they usually dedicate a workout to. So we do a workout. Oh, okay. They're kind of brutal. Some are pretty hard. Some kind are, of brutal? Um, yeah, they can be pretty hard. Do you remember seeing me afterwards? And I did it scaled. <laughs> or no, hard. I didn't do it scaled. I did it RX. They're, they're a good challenge. Was of condi- a little bit of fi- a, mi- a mixture of weightlifting, um, conditioning, aerobic capacity. I mean, it's it's fun. It's a lot yeah, of fun. It's, it's a lot like of More than welcome to ever. If you want to come in on a Friday night, check it out. Or bring your wife. Or, kids, yeah, yeah. anybody can come. It's, it's a very... Um, we're willing to scale things for for just yeah, about anybody. For everybody. I mean, we've been doing we've been doing some adaptive stuff. You know, we've been doing a lot of really cool stuff to get just about anybody that we can involved. So okay, when we did the adaptive ones with Luke, they were yeah. we killer. Luke is a Ooh. gentleman here is in a wheelchair. Um, oh, okay. He committed it, and he's this. You ever see? Look at this guy. He's he's got a physique. That, he's like a Greek god. He oh, just, wow. he, I keep telling him he needs to do adaptive yeah. like bodybuilding. Like he should honestly, he would. Yeah. He puts in the work. But he, he definitely showed us all a thing or two when we were doing the exercises that were in his realm because none, we, weren't, we weren't even close. We, Scott's over there struggling to do pull-ups, and Luke wheels himself over to a bar and just pulls himself and a chair up. Like, it was, yeah. Oh, wow. It's wow. crazy. But there again, we talk about that mindset. The, the, the will to want to do stuff will kind yeah. of out, outweigh that negative feeling. So when you want it, you'll get it. So Yeah. AJ, man, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on our podcast. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Um, Thanks for having me. We're looking me. forward to watching you run and grow and so hopefully we catch up to you outside on some of these races. I'm Thanks. sure you'll be yeah. lapping us at a 5K or something <laughs> in the near future. So <laughs> <laughs> as he runs. All right. Thank you, sir. You're welcome.